Okay, so we are holding now. I think we got down to um, to uh, Parak Dalit, right? We're on page eight, Parak Dalit. So he says like this: Ach bechinas elu, these levels shall chalav edvash of chalav and dvash. Yeah, adayin lo higiu lemailas v'madregas umaleha aretz deya shiela silavo. So what is he saying? So we're saying that it's all well and good, that the objective here is to get the emuna into a level of das, right, into a level of chalav, uh, which is, means to grow one's midos because of it, into the idea of dvash, which is to grow one's tainug because of it. But even though we are concentrating on that and uh, working in that direction, it doesn't mean that we have already arrived at the level of Eretz of Aschalah that will be in the future. In other words, the future is a different story, meaning future means times of Mashiach. At that point, because at that point, it's going to be not a general growth situation, but it's going to be the real deal. Right, it's going to be that everyone is going to experience the Abishter Mamish. Yeah? Masha Enkin, nowadays we're still holding by the level of Emuna. As much as we're trying to bring it into our system of trying to uh, make it, so to speak, real, internalize it by us, nevertheless, in the, uh, in the future, we're going to see that, in fact, it's going to be an actuality, that it's going to be something that everyone's going to live with. <laughs> so the point is as follows. So we see that, in fact, he's going to take a step back and explain now what's really going on in the world. So he says that really what's going on is that the world is conducting itself in its normal manner. That the world is conducting itself in its normal manner. That what does that mean? That every day we see that the days go on, right? In terms of the way the Abishter is filling the world, and it is doing it in such a way that the things, the events of the world, are in fact impacting, affecting the, so to speak, the spirituality that's happening in the world. So he gives an example. So we know that when the Nachash was involved in Gan Eden, right, so it brought about this impurity that happened into Chava, into the world, right, it causes major problems for us. It caused there to be a mixture of Klippa and Kedusha. It caused all different types of issues. What? Zama means impurity. So there was a certain level of impurity that was happening in the world at that point, based on, based on the sin of the Eitzadas. That was a big problem for us. Yeah. Then it says, right, the right. Then what happens is that in Matan Torah, by Matan Torah, now we had a different situation. All of a sudden, all the impurity went away. So that was a good thing, right? 
What happened then? Then when they had the sin of the golden calf, so then we had the problem again. All of a sudden, all the impurity came back in. Right? And then what happened is in the times of Yeshua, the Yidin were serving the Abishter. They came into Eretz Yisrael. They were, they were mamish listening to what Hashem said. So then things were good again. Right? That was all. That was very good. And then we saw it in the times, right, of Navi, of the Shaiftim, what happened. You had all these issues, right? Uh, basically, the whole times of the Shaiftim was that the story was that all of a sudden, someone, right, the Yidin were not listening to Hashem. Hashem sends some enemy to come and attack them. Then they do tshuva. And then Hashem say, you know, finds one person that does something crazy, saves all the people, right? And then what happens? That things are good for a little while. And after things are good for a little while, all of a sudden, what happens again? Oh, they start messing up again. They start messing up again, and then what happens? Then Hashem sends some enemy to give them a hard time. After the, sends the enemy to give them a hard time, what happens next? What happens next is that, right, again, they do tshuva. And after they do tshuva, again, it's like the same story, right? That they were causing all these problems. They were doing all these issues, right? Ubi made David, and then in the times of David and Melech, Shlomo, Hayu, Mamaylel, Yaina. Then finally, in the times of David and Melech, they reached such a high level, right? They were reaching to the highest of high levels. That's what happened over there. Right, that the Yidden were in control of the whole area, and it got to the point by Shlomo and Melech that even Queen Sheba, who came from very far away, in order to go to to Mivatel herself to uh, to Shlomo and Melech, because it was such a high level of sanctity that was going on. So all of this is referencing, based on how we conduct ourselves here in this world. Right, is also. The, the expression of the radiation of Hashem throughout the world and throughout the Yidin and what's happening and whether it's a time of peace or not a time of peace. What's going on? So then he says, Then you have the Chet of Yeravim, right? With, the, with, the, with his, uh, uh, his golden uh, you know, statues or whatever, cows or whatever that he was doing over there and that he wouldn't let the people go down to Yerushalayim and right? he separated the kingdom and that was a terrible disaster. And the main point here is that we see a lesson in history. That as things, as the Yidin are listening to Hashem more, so then all of a sudden things wind up becoming, you know, much more clear and much more radiant of Hashem. And then when things are not going as well, the Yidin are not listening as well, so then things get worse. And it goes the opposite direction, right? So it depends. It's like a history lesson. If you look through Jewish history... You will see this constant ebb and flow that's going on in the way that Hashem is involving Himself in the world, and involving not involving Himself so much in the world in a, in a in an actual way, because we know Hashem is always involved in the world. But Hashem is involving Himself in the world in a real gilui type of way. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. So then it says, right. Right, so that's what's happening. That in every generation, he's changing according to the Indian. And even this, this continues in the day, the Tanayim, the Amarayim, right? The rabbis of the Mishnah, the rabbis of the Gemara, right? Same thing. 
And the point being that each time period brings its own challenges and brings its own uh, good kite and bad kite and like all the different things. Because based on what the Yidin are doing during that period of time is how it's going to reflect on the Gilu of Hashem in this world at that time. Again, in terms of Saiviv Kalalmim, Saiviv Kalalmim is the same every single time, right? There's no difference. A Saiv Kalamim is, remember, is the infinite light. So because it's the infinite light, all of the things that are happening in the world are not in any way impacting the Saiv Kalamim. However, the Mamali Kalamim is going to be different. We're going to see that there's a distinction. We're going to see that there's a distinction in terms of Gilu, how much Gilu is coming through. Because all the time periods, they wind up changing and making differences and, and, and it just based on us, based on what we are doing, is going to impact the world, right? Now, obviously, Hashem is getting involved as well, like we have the whole story of, right, Mount Taira. Mount Taira was the, the, the Abishur was coming down, right? You know, Kriya Siyamsa was the Abishur coming down, right? It's, it's Hashem involving himself. But we see that based, basically, that's what I remember Rabbi Shapiro from Miami uh, Told told us way back when that if a person wants to develop Yerushalayim, he should learn through Nach, read through Nach. Why? Because you see it so clearly that the bottom line is that every time the Yidden are are behaving themselves and doing tshuva and, and behaving well, things are good. And then when they start doing silly things, so then all of a sudden Hashem sends some foreign nation to come and attack us and give us a hard time. And then everyone does tshuva, they come back to Hashem. And then after they come back to Hashem, things are good again. And it's like this, they go up and down and up and down, and up and like a yo-yo, right? So that's us also in our lives. We have to recognize that it's not just on a national level, but it's in, on an individual level as well. That we have to realize that our job is to do tshuva. Our job is to, right, to constantly serve the Ebishter in the best way that we can serve Hashem. That's our job, right? And that's up to us. It's, it's not reflective of anyone else outside of us. It's, it's just us. Then he says like this, Namely, because they're in the level of Mamalikolam. Shehem bechinis partsuv. Roish, v'yad, v'regel, v'shari vorim. Right? It's like a body. It's like a, like, a, like a body of a person. Right? There we have the whole parts. If we have the head, we have the hands, we have the legs, we have the all, all different uh, individual um, limbs. Right? Because each limb, each part of the person, right, is going to play a different role in terms of the person. Right? No one's going to confuse the hands with the head, or the head with the hands, or the feet, or the that the liver should become the kidneys, or the kidneys should become the heart, or the heart should become the stomach. Right? Now, each one plays a different role, right? And each one has to play its particular role. Why is this relevant, right? Because he says, we have Mishtanim. So he says like this, Vishare Varim, She'ein Echad Doimi Lechavero, Vapulos Aivarim Mishtanim, Gam Lefamim Koyev Echad Meha Aivarim, Ol Nechalash, etc. Vikiyotze Bezeshinuim Mikrim. So he says that in some times, right, you could have a situation where the hand becomes weak or something happens to it or the leg becomes weak or something happens. And sometimes it's more, uh, has more energy and has, uh, you know, it's and healthier. And it goes up and down based on the different events of a person's life and how a person is behaving and how a person is doing things. Skipping the parentheses. Also in every person in, in particular. 
Lefamim, sometimes Neifel b'machshava, Dibor, Meiser, Asher Lotov. Right? It could be that a person could have in his own personal thought, speech, and action. Right? That he does things that are not so good. Right? Sometimes he does the wrong thing. Sometimes he does the right thing. Right? So he has to recognize over the course of a lifetime, he goes through many cycles. Right? Of what is supposed to be, what is not supposed to be, how he should be conducting himself, how he shouldn't be conducting himself, how he chooses to uh, approach the world. Right? This is his decision-making process. This is him. You following? You with me? So he says like this, And on other times, after he's done the bad things or whatever, all of a sudden now he gets a hearer of tshuva. He wants to do tshuva. He wants to get better. He wants to go out of his way to now do the right things, to do, be, to do good things in his life. Right? That's a possibility. And each time is its own thing. And like he says, this, this phrase, is referring to sometimes Yaakov wins and sometimes Esau wins. A person has to realize in his life that he also has this constant battle with the Yetzirah. With his nefesh of Bahamias. That is, Yetzirah is sitting there constantly trying to convince him to do the wrong thing. To push the snooze on the button by his alarm clock just one more time. Right? And when he realizes in a certain way that every moment of his life is an opportunity to serve the Abishter, to lift himself out of Gullus, to lift himself out of meanly his personal Gullus, or stick himself further into his Gullus. And a person, you know, people think that life is about these major events. But if you think about it, the major events of a person's life happen, uh, you know, how many days in a person's life? Relatively speaking, less than 1% of his life is is filled with major events, right? He he gets bar mitzvah, or he gets married, or he has a child, or his child has a bar mitzvah, or his child has a wedding, or, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, he gets a new job. He starts a new job, right? You know, these are events in his life, right? Or, you know, that he's so excited for, uh, for a holiday, you know, like Rosh Hashanah or something like that. These are events in his life. This is a, a matter of, a, you know, how many days in his life are we talking about? Let's say, you know, 100, 200, 300 days of a lifetime, right? It's, it's, it's a very, very small percentage of his life. What's the real life? The real life is today. A regular Monday, right? Nothing, nothing incredibly special happening today. There's no major events in Mitzvah Hashem. You know, nothing crazy going on. You know, it's a Monday like every other Monday. The sun, Baruch Hashem, came up in the east. Mitzvah Hashem will set in the west, right? It's a you know decent temperature outside. It's not raining. It's not sunny. It's not so hot. Not so cold, right? Uh, there's probably going to be, you know, whatever for breakfast. The same thing, oatmeal and some, you know, salad and whatever, and the same thing for lunch and what. A regular day, indescript from any other day, basically. On the other hand, a person has to recognize that even though it's such a regular day, this is life. The life is about today, not about the day that he's getting married. Of course, it's about the day he's getting married too. But real life is today. It's like, what are you going to do today? So you have, a, a, today is the day. Today is the day of the set, that the Abishter set the stage for me. That's how a person has to look at life. That today is going to be the most incredible day of my life. Why? 
because the Yetzirah is going to try to fight with me all day long. He's going to tell me to look at this and look at that, do this, do that, say this, say that, think this, think that. And I have to spend the whole day, right, making sure that I'm going to win. My Yetzir Toiv is going to win. My Nefesh Elokis is going to win. That's what my job the whole day long. That's where, that's where I'm going to be fighting. And if I look at it, it's like, this is my day. You know, it's already, whatever, 10 to 8 in the morning, right? So I'm, I'm up for a half hour, an hour, two hours, whatever it is that I'm up for. And I, how am I doing? I, I, I want to be doing great, right? So I'm sitting here and learning in Hasidus. And you could be sitting in Hasidus class and your brain could be out in Acapulco or something like that also, right? So each of these moments, when looked at in the right perspective, offers a person the opportunity to lift themselves up into a whole different space, to connect to the Eibishter in a totally different way, to overrun the Nefesh of Bahamis, to overrun the, nef- the, the Klippas of this world. Every moment, right, is an opportunity. And it's supposed to be used as an opportunity, right? Unfortunately, what most of us are doing is that we live life from one milestone to another milestone. And the rest of the times in between, it's just sort of like he sort of drags his feet, oh, another Gemara, or another piece of this, or another piece of... No, that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's like, today, I'm going to put on tefillin. It should be like the first time I ever put on tefillin. Everyone remembers the first time we ever put on tefillin. It was so exciting. It's like we were mamish, so excited about it. It was like such an amazing thing. So why isn't it like that today? Today, you have to stop yourself, and you have to like refresh your mind, and you have to say to yourself, this today is the most incredible day. I get to put on, I'm going to put on tefillin. I'm going to dive with the minion. We're going to have a Torah reading. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be great. Uh, uh, on and on and on. Right? So that's what he's saying here. A person also goes through his, his ebbs and his tides. Right? Going up and down. But the point is, is to change that as much as he can. That's what we've been working on. What we've been working on is bringing the emuna into, into das. Internalizing it. That's our job. Let's go further. So he says like this. Like it says, Kizhizekam, when one side goes up, the other side goes down. That's the point. Right? When the Nefesh of Bahamis is up, so my Nefesh of Lakis is down. When my Nefesh of Lakis is up, my Nefesh of Bahamis is down. Lo nismale tzur. Ba'alkein, ba'alkein, al yipol lev ha'adam alav b're'ayis So because of this, what's going on is that a person has to look at himself and he has to say, you know what? Yesterday was not such a good day. Yesterday I slept in, I made a mistake. Yesterday I talked during davening. Yesterday I really didn't have a connection to the Abishter all day. I didn't spend any minutes of my time thinking about Hashem, uh, having a real connection to Hashem, talking to Hashem, you know, whatever it is, you know, making some sort of relationship. I saw that I, I didn't really understand what was going on in my Gemara class, and I didn't really pay attention. My Chazara was terrible, right? I didn't even bother with it. I was, like, wasting time. I was looking at my telephone. I was talking to a friend. I was doing this. Da, 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 da. So a person has to say to himself, look, okay, that was yesterday. That was 10 minutes ago. That was one minute ago. Now, however, I'm going to change. The next minute of my life is going to be the best minute of my life. That's how a person has to look at it. So what that yesterday wasn't so good? So what that five minutes ago I made a mistake and I, I, lost, I lost out? That, you know, instead of re, uh, doing Chazara on the, 
on the on the Gemara, I looked at my phone. Like he says, I one of the rabbis that I like listening to, he he says a very interesting thing. He says that it's very very hard for him to sit still. I'm sure no one can relate to that, right? So, for him, it's very hard for him to sit still and learn. This is a very famous rabbi. And so he says that every day, that what he does, when he learns a Gemara, he says to himself, okay, I'm just going to sit still for 10 minutes. 10 minutes I'm going to spend my time learning. And he forces himself for 10 minutes. A lot of times, after the 10 minutes, then he could sit still for 15 minutes or 20 minutes. But at least 10 minutes, he's not going to, I'm not going to answer a phone. I'm not going to look on my phone at anything. I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm not going to do, 10 minutes. Start with bite-sized chunks that you could do, right? I'm going to focus on Hasidus for the next, uh, you know, when he's doing Hazara tonight. He's going to do it for 10 minutes. And if you, 10 minutes is too long for you, 5 minutes. Start with 5 minutes. 30 seconds. No, you have to do more than 30 seconds. One minute, one minute, one minute. I refuse to look. I'm turning my phone aside. I'm going to turn it off for five minutes. I'm not going to, even if, uh, I don't care if the President of the United States calls me, I'm not answering the phone for the next five minutes. At the end of the day, Baruch Hashem, most of you are not, you don't have, right? You don't have uh, wives or children that, you know, that something, you know, some sort of like whatever that you need to be. No, you can spend five minutes, you know, during davening. During davening, I could, I'm going to put away my phone for the 40 minutes of davening. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, right? Do not disturb sign, like you're right, that, that it says. You know, do not disturb. I'm not, I'm not available right now. That's the idea. Yeah, I'm not available, right? So this is, this is the idea that a person ha- has the opportunity. And the fact is that, you know, the last five minutes... I tried it, and I failed. I couldn't control myself. So you know what? Start the clock again. That's what he's saying here. What he's saying here is that this is the way God constructed me. He, who do you think made you have a Yetzir Hara? Who do you think made you have ADHD? Who do you think made you have all these things? Right? Not you. All of us. We all have it. We all have our ADD in our own ways. Some of us more, some of us less. Right? We all have this. So the point is, is try to tell yourself the next 10 minutes, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm putting the do not disturb sign on. No one is disturbing me. I'm going to focus on the Gemara. And you know what? It might be after 10 minutes, you say to yourself, you know what? Okay, now I'm going to take a three minute break. And then you start again, another 10 minutes. 20 minute what? 20 minute break? No, not 20 minutes. You're able to control yourself. You're able to do, you're able to accomplish. I'm going to take a break for three minutes, right? And now I'm going to start again, another 10 minutes, right? Or a five-minute break if you really need. But in other words, you've got to work with yourself. And be your own coach, but make it, make it happen. But sometimes you will, you will lose. And what he's saying here is it's okay to lose because you get another opportunity the next minute. The next minute you can start all over again. And you have to know that the Abishter is constantly sending us curveballs to hit over the fence. And sometimes we swing and we miss. I don't know if you understand that analogy. I don't know if they have any curveballs in, in, in New Zealand. Maybe curveballs on the cricket pitch, but whatever. Right? Sometimes we swing and we miss. That's the way it goes. Right? But the next time, it doesn't mean that just because you swung and you missed this time, it doesn't mean the next time you can't hit it out of the park. 
So this is the idea of what he's saying here. This is the way the Abishta created the world. Right? That's what he says. Therefore, a person, the most important thing, what we're saying here, is you shouldn't get depressed about it. You shouldn't lose hope. You shouldn't give up. There's no giving up. In this world, you can't give up. There's no giving up. There's no time for giving up. Every, your Yetzirah, more than it wants you to... I remember hearing this a long time ago. Very interesting idea. More than it wants you to sin, it wants you to give up or get depressed about the sin. Right? If you do something wrong, right? So you did something wrong. But what the Yetzirah really wants is for you to get depressed over the fact that you did something wrong. Because if you get depressed over you did something wrong, so then he's got you by the, uh, you know, by the... Uh, whatever, by the lapel, whatever, you can use your own phraseology, right? He's got you, because now you don't have the energy to get out of bed in the morning, and you don't have the energy to, to, to put on your tefillin, and you don't have the energy to stop yourself from speaking Lashon Hara, and you don't have the energy to daven with a minion, and you don't have the energy. Why? Because you're depressed now. His goal is to get you depressed. Okay, I just, I revealed to you the game plan of the other team. That's it. That's the game plan. The game plan, more than getting you to do an Avera, is to get you depressed. If he could get you depressed, he won the game. That's the most important thing the Yetzirah is trying to do, get you depressed. So he's going to try from every angle to get you depressed. Ah, you see, he tells you, yesterday you didn't even study, and yesterday you got a, you failed the test, and this morning you, you pushed the snooze ten times, and you, got, you were late to class, or you didn't even come to class. Oh, you, you're a nobody. You're a nothing. You're a waste. You're wasting time. Why are you even bothering with this? Don't even bother. You already messed yourself up too much anyway. That's the Yetzirah's tightness. So the Alter Rebbe comes along and says, don't let your heart fall. Ali Polaleb. That the heart shouldn't fall because of this. It's the Yetzirah's game plan to make you fall, to make you feel depressed. You have to say the Yetzirah, jump in the lake. Jump in the lake. You're right. I pushed snooze too many times on the alarm clock today. But tomorrow, I'm not going to press snooze even one time. That's it. Tomorrow I'm going to win. The next, but, and even tomorrow, tomorrow's already 24 hours away. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. What am I going to do the next 10 minutes? The next 10 minutes after class, I'm going to spend the entire time, 25 minutes, sitting and learning the mimer. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it in 10-minute chunks. I'm going to do, or even 8-minute chunks, or whatever it is. I'm going to spend 8 minutes, and then I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to spend 8 minutes, and I'm going to take a 2-minute break, and whatever it is, you, you play the game. The point is to recognize that today is a day. Today is the most important day of your life. Forget about your day that you're getting married, or the day that your kid is going to have a bar mitzvah or any of this stuff. Who cares? That's, a, that's whenever. Right now is today. Don't waste today. Today you have the opportunity to change the world, to change yourself. That's what he's saying here. If you learn one extra Mishnah or one extra Gemara or one extra line of Hasidus or whatever, or you have one special moment in davening where you feel like, Mamish, right now I'm connecting with Hashem. Right this second, I'm connecting with Hashem. The most incredible, sublime moment. In my way, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there in Shemona Esri, I'm thinking, to, I'm thinking through the words, and I'm, right now I'm going to connect to Hashem in my own, my own davening. I'm asking Hashem, help me with this, help me with that, whatever it is. Thank you, Hashem, for whatever it is. At that moment, it's like a connection. Boom. Right now I can make that. Oh, you didn't daven well enough yesterday, and you didn't daven, and maybe even you missed a davening yesterday because of whatever reason. Doesn't matter. Today is today. Don't worry about yesterday. Tonight, 
when you do Krishna Shalmita, you can take a step back and you can say, you know what? I made a mistake yesterday. I missed davening. I made a mistake today. I made davening, but I really missed davening because I don't even remember one word I said. I don't even remember if I said it or I didn't say it. I was just in rapid fire. I pressed play on my, uh, on my mouth and I just went, bah, 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 bah. and I feel bad about it and I'm sorry, and, and, but I'm going to change it. Tomorrow, I'm, it's going to be different. And even during my Krishna Shalomita, I'm going to have a different moment. I'm going to connect to the Evishta right now. One of the most important things that we have to remember is our job here is to connect to Hashem. Our job here is to connect to Hashem. That's our, our lifeline. It's not about just reading words. You can read his words from today to tomorrow and not have any connection. The point is, is to connect. Connect to Hashem. So, and recognize it. Right now, don't let your heart go down. Don't get depressed. Don't get sad. Don't get worried. Don't get... It's not, it doesn't matter. Just move forward. And that's what he says. When he sees himself that he fell. So what? That's the Seder. To turn over the time. And his job is to turn himself over. To change himself. And to turn the evil into good. That's his job. In, while he's in this world. That's his job the next five minutes. It's not my, uh, oh, I, what do I want to do with my life? When I get bigger, when I get older, I mean, I'm constantly saying this, I'm 53 years old now. When I, get, when I grow up, I'm going to, and you, so you think of it as a joke because you guys are in your 20s, right? Or even in your teens, right? And you think, oh, 50-year-old guy, you know, that's like already an old man. But I'm telling you, Mirza Hashem, you'll get to 50 and you'll get long further until 120, right? But when you're 50, you think of yourself in the same way as you did when you're 18, or 20, or 25, or 30, whatever. You know, I remember when I was 18, you know, a guy is 30 years old. What an old guy, you know, it's like ridiculous. Or 40, oh, an old man, right? You don't realize that when you're living that point, you don't look at yourself as that old man. You look at yourself as you're the same th- way as you looked at yourself when you're 18. So a person says to himself, when I grow up, no, there's none of this business when I grow up. It's right now. Right now is, is your moment. That's when you have to change. That's the idea. All right, Chavra, please do Chazara on this section. We'll continue with God's help tomorrow.